Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 107th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Rebel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm great. I, I see you just, like, looking up to the heavens, thinking about why you're great. No, I was actually just, uh... yeah, you're right. I was <laughs> trying to think about why I'm great. Uh, I, but I, I, I don't really know why, but... I, that's just what I say, man. That, that's what I do. Um, how are you, Cameron? I'm great, of course. Um, it's almost it's it is football season, NFL style. Mm. It's almost football season, college style. Yeah, it was. Uh, we watched the Chiefs together last week. Oh yeah. Uh, that was like almost surreal. Uh, just yeah. with no preseason, it was just all of a sudden football's here and it's a Real Thursday game. night. Yeah. Uh, but that was wonderful. That was a wonderful evening. Yeah. Very fun. Good win for the Chiefs. Good wings in our bellies. Mm, that too. Ooh. Yum. Uh, yeah, Chiefs looking pretty good. Panthers not so much. They. Did you see how that how that ended? Um, Panthers fourth and inches, driving to try to win the game, need a touchdown. Fourth and inches. They handed it to the fullback. He got stuffed. Wow. And that's when I knew they're tanking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's – you got Christian McCaffrey. You know, got to yeah. use him. Yeah. Like maybe – Deception is – Yeah. Getting the ball in his hands is more valuable than trying to trick them into thinking he's going to have the ball in his hands. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Unfortunate. But, yeah, I, I don't know. You had I, to know that – you. At least I think you're prepared for a rough season. Absolutely. It was no surprise to you that the defense was awful. Yep. Their offense is fine. Yeah. They're, they'll, they'll be all right. They'll be fun to watch. They'll have lots of, sh- lots of shootouts. That's the problem is they'll win a handful of games and not get the number one pick. And then what are we doing? That's. I got no answer for you. Same thing next year. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, the Browns have the first pick like half the time, and they're still bad. So it doesn't mean you're going to be saved. Well, yeah. At least the last time the Panthers had the number one overall pick, they got an MVP, and he took them to a Super Bowl. So True. I think they can do it again. Yeah, the Browns, I feel like, are an outlier with yeah, their yeah. lack of success at the number one pick. Yeah, it's almost impressive how they're always bad no matter what. It, it, was Baker Mayfield number one overall? Yeah. That's insane. It is insane. <laughs> I couldn't believe it at the time either, honestly. Like, it's... You're just crazy. So desperate for a quarterback that you just just draft. I mean, yeah, he dude. won the Heisman, but I don't know. I feel like you did that, like I, a light version of that, like two years earlier with Johnny Manziel. I know, yeah, like same kind of player is. Yeah, but I don't know. I probably would have said the same thing about Kyler Murray, and he's performing pretty well for the. That's true. For Kyler the Murray is, has been better than I expected. Yeah. That's for sure. It's but just like almost uncanny how often it doesn't work out for them. Yeah. Like literally all the number one picks that are not by the Browns like kind of work out. Yeah. I I don't know. It's insane. Browns are playing tomorrow. Thursday night football. Oh yep. yeah. Baker Mayfield. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's good. Battle I, I of the number ones. He had a tough matchup week one. I, I think. mean, he'll bounce back. Bengals aren't exactly great. So no, but I think their offense is going to be decent. And that's what everybody's here for, is to listen to us talk about the AFC, <laughs> whatever division that is. North. Yeah. No. AFC North? Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> not my area of expertise. That's okay. Uh, get to the good stuff. Get to the good stuff. We've got news. We've got a full recruiting glass for basketball, looks like. So we're going to put a nice little bow on that. We're going to talk a little bit about football news leading up to week one against Alabama. Uh, before we do any of that, remember, now is the time to jump on board with these podcasts, with these YouTube videos, get familiar with the players. We recapped or we broke down the entire roster and then previewed the season in our last two episodes. So um, if you have a family member or a friend that, you know, inevitably halfway through the season, they're gonna be like, I don't know any of the players. I don't know what's going on. Have them listen to the last couple episodes. They'll get caught up on everything. And then we can hit the ground running once the games actually start. Yeah, we've had um, some good engagement on our YouTube videos. So I think a lot of new listeners and viewers. So welcome aboard and welcome in. And uh, as far as the podcast downloads go, we're uh, back-to-back, really good months. So I think people are excited for football season. And so ho- am I. hopefully that means we're doing an okay job. We appreciate all the listeners, all the viewers, mm-hmm. everybody that engages. And uh, we just want more of you. Kyle, we got some news. Uh, let's, let's hit them with the big news. 12 players out for week one versus Alabama <laughs> with – covid related absence not all positive tests and we don't know who they are mm-hmm. yeah that's like a the, dozen players that's the crazy thing man is yeah i would say most of them probably haven't tested positive but it's just the tracing like well this person was with that person who did test positive so we're gonna have to sit them and just trying to be a step in front of it i suppose but so be prepared to be without nick bolton tyler <laughs> Beatty, larry it's gonna be all the best players yeah uh, both quarterbacks. So we're going to have Michael Wilson at quarterback, but he's going to have to just like th- lob the ball up and then run and catch it himself. Make my seven on seven team look good, Micah. You got yeah. it, man. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. I don't know when we're going to find out who those players are. I mean, I was going to ask, will it just be game day? I, I don't know. I think so. Because remember there was a thing where uh positive tests weren't going to be announced. They weren't going to be like tied to a player. And we talked about how we're just going to have, you know, no shows on game day. Yeah. And we're going to be like, oh, well, I guess that's our COVID people. I think the fear now is is genuinely like, how can we keep this at 12? Because you're starting to get to the point where you've so many people are infected. I just don't see how it didn't potentially spread to a much larger number of people than 12. But I don't know. You know, if they are deeming the people that already tested positive this summer like as okay, I don't know what they're do- how, how they're doing that, but uh, it could be a very interesting first week. I know we're already playing Bama, so it's already probably potentially going to be pretty ugly. Now it has the real possibility to be extremely ugly, even if, especially if there's more players that that can't play. So yeah. at this point, I'm just hoping they can play because right. it wouldn't shock me if it got to that point where they're worried about building the team yeah and it it is still possible that it's pretty well contained and we're not going to notice a huge difference on right. game day yeah we don't really know anything about it so maybe they do feel pretty confident that um that it's contained and they know what they're doing but on the other side uh nick saban said zero players for alabama uh are in jeopardy of missing game one at this point sounds about right yeah um 
in a slightly related news, Maurice Massey and Chris Daniels have decided to opt out of the season. Obviously, we know uh, based on news from about a month ago that they will retain all eligibility, so they won't really lose anything by opting out, basically getting an extra redshirt year, um, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, Maurice Massey, a guy that could have uh, seen some playing time this year. Mm-hmm. you got to wonder what a player's role, how a player's role in on the team would factor into a decision like this you wouldn't think it would be too terribly related you think there'd be personal stuff that would you know in the pros we've seen players opt out because they have close family that they're in contact with that are immunocompromised and they just don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. you know in that situation but i wonder if a player's role could uh, could factor into that at all yeah i don't want to speculate too much on on their personal decisions but it's it's possible that but um, you know, a guy like that, that might have a shot to kind of make an impact. You might think that he might have some more motivation to play considering there might be some absences or something like that. But obviously this goes well beyond the actual game of football. So, yeah, I feel like honestly, from a, an X's and O's standpoint, just having two players opt out is not bad. Yeah. I think that's fine. Uh, let's see here. The lesser news items that i have here uh the denver nuggets mpj's own mizzou made denver nuggets <laughs> did uh the incredible and came back yet again from a 3-1 deficit in nba playoff series and that's been they they're now like two out of five times that's ever happened before yeah it was something incredible like it hadn't happened in many years well the most recent time it happened was actually in the nba finals when LeBron's Cavaliers yep. came back against the Warriors. Yeah. And then, but that, it had never happened in the finals before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like teams that went up 3 1 were like 99% of, win the series 99% of the time. Especially when you think about who they were up against, like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, definitely a incredible talent. And uh, Lou Williams, I mean, they had so many studs on that team. Uh, I just, I can't believe that they they pulled that off to be honest and man Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic have been absolutely balling out yeah MPJ honestly had a really big shot in like game I think it was one of the games where they had their back against the wall this elimination game they might have been down 3-1 at that point but he made a huge three to pretty much secure the win for them or, or kind of give them the lead really late in the game his minutes are kind of all over the place mm-hmm. I don't really understand what he'll play 29 and then nine. He'll literally, the next night. yes. He'll yeah. literally like play as many as anyone on the team and sometimes play half the game or less. And, yeah. but, uh, I'm still encouraged with, with what he's been able to do. Absolutely. He's made some interesting comments like to the media and stuff. I think he, he publicly came out and was talking about, had, had some mild criticisms maybe for, for their, their X and O strategy a little bit. And I think he probably had to, have a talking to from the coach about <laughs> about taking those things public but i think that's just going to be part of, of him growing in the league yeah yeah what a good opportunity for him though to not be relied on to do too much too soon i mean you, you just you don't see a number one player in their high school recruiting class who you know is a sure thing one and done mm-hmm. you just don't see them get an opportunity to go to a, an established team that has a core of veterans that is, are making deep playoff runs without him and just be able to learn in that environment Mm -hmm. 
really cool. Yeah, I think he. It's gonna be cool. I know they already played the Lakers once earlier in this year, um, at least. But I, I think he will probably be guarding LeBron a decent amount and vice versa. I think that'll be really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably, probably not gonna be uh, putting up great numbers in that specific matchup. Probably not uh, for him personally, but. LeBron, last I checked, pretty good basketball player. He's okay. Yeah. Uh, trying to win his third championship, or his trying to win a championship with a third different team, which would be pretty incredible. Uh, speaking of basketball, Mizzou basketball going to start on November 25th. So that's like, that's a little bit later than what that's probably scheduled. Two or three weeks later than it was going to originally start. But that's going to get here in a hurry. Yeah, it is. And uh, I don't, I have no idea what that means for the non-conference games that were scheduled before that. I, they may just lose those games or maybe they'll reschedule them. Uh, the Kansas game's intact. So that's kind of what I'm worried about. Yeah. Like I, I would love, I want that game to happen so badly. So we've been talking about college football and just like, I don't know. That's all I've been thinking about. Mm-hmm as as it relates to scheduling and scholarships and all this stuff for so long it's just crazy to think that we're already back around to nearing another college basketball season Mm -hmm. i mean when you think about college basketball you think about the ncaa tournament being canceled and that feel it i don't know this doesn't make any sense but it feels both not long ago and a long time ago yeah it's like so much has happened but at the same time it's like wow that was still the coronavirus caused yeah. that like that was really not that long ago and yeah. here we are um as far as the sports world goes i feel like the summer months go so slow and we're we we're looking forward to football and all that stuff but when we get to football season like it, it goes quick and yeah basketball season will be here very soon yeah it was like uh april no no, no the month of march was like the longest month ever recorded in human history. And then since March, everything's gone like warp speed, Yeah, in my opinion. Pretty much. The summer was over in a flash. Yep. Um, I don't have a good segue here. Drew Locke played uh, as a starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos, Monday Night Football. Yeah. A little um, too late for my taste, but <laughs> hey, there's Drew. How hey, you doing, buddy? Drew. Yeah, he had, he had some really good moments. Um, he's got a lot of weapons. Noah Fant looks really good. Jerry Judy looks like he's going to be very good. Um, it's going to be no fun. No Cortland to Sutton, so he was a yeah. little bit hamstrung by that. Yeah, uh, his uh, wide receivers dropped a few balls too, so uh, his stat line wasn't quite as good as it probably should have been. But he, he really had some good moments, and I think the Broncos will – As I'm a Chiefs fan, but I can still appreciate – uh, a fun offense and and drew lock obviously playing for the broncos so that's uh, i'll probably try to watch them as much as i can this year they're gonna be they're gonna be fun oh yeah he uh like scrambled for a first down a couple times and uh scrambled around and then threw a touchdown pass mm-hmm. and it just reminded me obviously of him playing at mizzou when he would just kind of play would break down a little bit he would make something happen mm-hmm. that's I don't know. I, I look back at that and I think, man, I don't know if Missouri's going to have that kind of talent at quarterback for a very long time. We were spoiled, and I don't think we knew what we had when he was under center or in the shotgun. That's probably true. <laughs> we It seemed like he was always great at putting up the stats and like what just he looked so good throwing the ball and all that stuff. It didn't it really equate to wins is not right. what it always felt like. And hopefully in the NFL, maybe with uh, – maybe some better coaches or something or some better weapons around him. Maybe they'll, they'll find ways to, uh, to win more games with him at the helm. But 
it just felt like no matter how good he was, it just seems like we always would find a way to just be mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> whenever the he was the here. team had a ceiling that yeah. he, his individual play couldn't. Yeah. He just couldn't elevate them. But he, he definitely looked athletic um, on Monday night. I thought I thought he looked much faster than I like envisioned than I than I remembered him. He had some some nice scrambles. Looked like he uh, had some wheels. I would agree. Uh, real ki- real quick, Kyle, do you want to update the listeners of a poll that you put out uh, with our seven on seven teams? It'll be up. I, I don't think it will still be up by the time people are listening to this. Uh, I don't think but, so. But uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a interesting concept to try to explain to someone who hasn't listened to the episode. Um, but we we posted a graphic kind of showing the teams that we picked last week in the seven on seven draft. And it looks like, uh, and I put up a poll, uh, people could vote for your team or for my team and it looked like you, uh, you took the narrow victory. Yeah. I think it's probably still too close to call. Um, but yeah, definitely too close to call for, uh, 48% for you. Oh, wow. 52% for me. So we've had with 25 votes, which is like a incredibly low amount of votes comparatively to like a normal poll <laughs> that yeah. I feel like I'd put out, but uh, you would have to really analyze the, the chart, the chart and all that stuff. Yeah. To feel like you could make an educated decision, but thanks to those who voted and thanks to those who voted for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I appreciate your vote. Uh, let's see here. Big 10 is back folks. Producer Cameron. How do you feel about that? Oh, pretty good. It'll be nice to watch Nebraska play. Um, if Nebraska was not in the Big Ten, I would have been with you guys and been chanting, let them rot. <laughs> but um, that's not the case because I just want to watch Nebraska play football. Yeah, all uh, politics and safety uh, concerns aside, I don't know. Who, who knows? Maybe maybe the Big Ten was absolutely correct in uh, postponing or canceling the football season. I am not in a position to know right or wrong uh all of that aside i wanted the big 10 to implode basically over this decision (laughs) and cease to exist and just for the sheer chaos of it i wanted to see it just the anarchy take over i wanted to see nebraska leave for the the big 12 i was gonna say it would have been kind of fun almost to be like okay nebraska and whatever schools want to play are gonna go do this thing i wanted to see ohio state join the sec we love and folks are mad yeah (laughs) so that would have been just so fascinating to see if it if it truly had just broken down yeah well one thing remains and we knew this at the time but whenever whenever the big 10 made their decision on like august 11th or something to to cancel their season we knew at the time it was too early and that has proven still to be very true there was no reason to make that call at that time that first week of nfl football i'm just imagining that it went so smoothly for the nfl and even the last month leading up to it yes. mm-hmm. has gone so smoothly for the NFL. I just imagine the athletic directors or anybody who has a financial stake or just is really passionate about Big Ten football was probably looking at it and going, why are we not playing football? Yes. And I feel like it really probably took that for maybe the Big Ten presidents to change their mind because, I mean, now finally we are seeing some – some reversal um, on their decision making, but truly, it it really felt like a completely normal week. I mean, 
the fan noise was a little bit weird at first, but a- after a while, I kind of didn't even notice it. Yeah, when in the NFL broadcasts, I was all in on it was completely normal yeah. until mm-hmm. there was a camera angle that showed the the seats. Yeah, and then I, I was like, oh yeah, there's nobody there. I actually like like when baseball was saying stuff like, oh, we're gonna like pump in some crowd noise and stuff. I was like, that's just gonna like be weird. But yeah. like watching on TV, I was like. I actually think I prefer this because it feels more normal. Yeah. Like, I don't really care that it's fake. Fake. Yeah. I also, on Red Zone, Scott Hansen, he was talking. He said that NFL films found situations in old game footage. So, like, let's say the Bills had, like, a fourth and one, and they get it in Buffalo. They have footage with that sound of them going for it on a fourth and one in Buffalo and what that sound would be like in wow. Buffalo. And That's they awesome. sent it to like the Steve, the TV stations. Steve TV. Steve TV. They sent it to Steve TV and they put it up there. That's crazy. But I was like, That's it's really kind of cool. cool like how they like, how in depth they went to yeah. try and make it feel like. It's well, I was good. noticing a little bit of that, like uh, a, a groan slash mm-hmm. boo sound when a, an opponent would convert on a big third down or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah, if you were not really actively paying attention, you really wouldn't notice it at all yeah. as of being like fake. Until they show that camera angle. Yeah. I, so that's where I'm like, cutouts. well, that's where I'm like, fill the stands with, with cardboard cutouts yeah. and it would even be that much more believable. I wonder if it affects the players at all. I wonder if they feel like it's weird or if they feel like they can't like get up for the game, I guess, if you will. I think, I don't, obviously, <laughs> I don't have experience playing in that in front of that sort of crowd, but players talk about just being locked in and just Mm -hmm. not even hearing the crowd and just forgetting that the crowd is there yeah so probably during the actual play like once the ball is snapped Mm -hmm. it's they probably don't even think about it and probably those in between times or when they're on the bench or something they're like this is weird this is like practice probably like the visual of it almost might be more like yeah jarring for them than the Mm -hmm. like i was thinking about kickers kicking into an empty backdrop when they're used to in game situation you know fans going crazy yeah i'm just so thankful that they figured out a way to do it safely and successfully like i i just know for a while there i was really worried that we weren't going to get football this year but yeah uh, and make it work and college football is going to be a completely different animal i think just yeah well, I mean, you've got kids on campus. More like, players. Around. Like, it's just... Yeah. They have twice as many people on the roster. Yeah. 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 It'll be a little rockier, I think, but I'm yeah. still happy they're going to try. I mean, already, 12 players being out from Missouri, we haven't even come close to seeing anything like that in the NFL. No. Yikes. Um, we're just jumping around all over the place. Um, I guess we're going to put a flag in it right here and transition to two topics of the show. And the first one, we're going to put a bow on the 2021 basketball recruiting class. So it all started way back when, when Springfield native Anton Brookshire committed to the Tigers. And then there was a little break in the action. But then very quickly, we got commitments from Caleb Brown, Sean Duragordon, Trevon Brazil, uh, teammate of Anton Brookshire, and Yaya Kita. So we can be pretty sure that there will not be another traditional high school recruit taken in this class. And uh, we can kind of take stock of it. We, we, we think there's probably going to be a, a transfer come in of some sort, but at this point it doesn't really matter too terribly much how that last scholarship is filled. Uh, we've got this five-man recruiting class. 
and um, we can kind of take stock of it now. Yeah, I I wasn't sure where this class was going to, what, what was going to happen with this class, you know, coming into the year uh, or even like three months ago, you know, I was, we were in a little different place as far as recruiting goes than we are right now. And I wasn't convinced that there were even five high school players that would want to play for Missouri out there. That's what it felt like for a while. We were just kind of going in the dark for a very long time, but I feel a little re-energized about this class. You know, nobody just blows you away, I guess, as far as a, from a talent perspective or anything like that. But I'm very excited about just what the, what these five guys offer as a class. And I, I like the upside. I think there's some, some real talent. I think there's a lot of potential for these guys to be high level players. Um, you know, there we maybe took a flyer on on Trayvon Brazil a little bit, but again, he offers some serious upside, some incredible length. Um, so not everybody is going to be a star, but I think all five of these guys can definitely fill an important role. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I was looking, I was kind of thinking back to when when I personally first started thinking about Missouri's 2021 recruiting class. And I looked through the rankings. I looked at the state rankings for Kansas and Missouri and Illinois and Michigan. Um, that was, I didn't never, you don't need to look at Michigan. Just don't <laughs> even look at those rankings. But I was looking at three players that I thought, and I remember saying on the podcast, like, Conzo has an opportunity to have a class similar to that, uh, which includes Javon Pickett, Torrance Watson, and uh, Xavier Pinson. But I think they can have be 50 points higher on the composite rankings. And I was looking at guys like Kennedy Chandler, Tamar Bates, and Jordan Nesbitt. And boy, was I wrong on Kennedy Chandler. He exploded and was one of the best point guards in the country and could go wherever he wanted, had, had offers from everyone, and went to Tennessee, unfortunately, of all places. <laughs> Jordan Nesbitt, we don't know what happened. He never got recruited by, by Missouri. No interest by Conzo Martin. Which I think he announced he's going to make his decision in the next month or so, so we actually might have some clarity on that soon. And he is, according to 24-7 Sports, uh, 100% to St. Louis. Really? So, yeah, that'll be interesting. Interesting. And then Tamar Bates, Missouri, we think actually did have a shot at, but ended up going to Texas. Um, they at least acted like they were interested all the way up until mm-hmm. the decision. The class that we ended up with is very different from what I was envisioning. I was envisioning a tentpole class like Missouri hasn't seen in the last 10 years something that would energize the fan base and really show that Conzo is has a direction in mind that is easy to follow. Like you don't even have to explain for 10 seconds where the program's headed. We didn't get that. But what I think we did get is a class that kind of shows that Conzo is secure in his in his standing in his just his job security he feels like he's at a point where he doesn't need to take chances i'm, I'm thinking back to like a, a frank haith recruiting class when he didn't know what the next year was going to bring as far as his job security and he was plugging holes you know with transfers and 
looking at pretty much constant short-term solutions to just get 20 wins the next season. Mm -hmm. Just keep getting 20 wins and maybe I can get that extension and then I can really start doing what I need to do. Conzo's not taking that route, partly because of the security I think that his job included when he first started, but this would have been the time, I think, to plug some holes with some short-term fixes in order to maybe, you know, if you if you like this upcoming season's roster, maybe have back-to-back 20-win seasons. Yeah. But instead, I think he's really looking long-term with this class, and him having the guts to do that, I think, makes me less worried than I could be by just looking at the the pure player rankings, I mm-hmm. guess. I think that's a good point. I think, yeah, if if a coach is worried, I think you can tell by the recruiting moves, and this 100% is the complete opposite of somebody who's worried about this year being the make-or-break year. I still think that that's potentially on the horizon if things go south, but I do think that Conzo Martin has bet on his on this current roster multiple times, and I think that this kind of recruiting class is again another bet on on these guys. And you know they they tried to get uh, a couple of grad transfers, and, and they did they did get one grad transfer, Bugs yeah. mm-hmm. is that his name, mm-hmm. um, to to help shore up you know some point guard minutes and stuff like that. But for the most part. I think that we, I think we know Conzo likes his roster and is confident. And I think we, I think we are all a little disappointed about last season, but I still think there, there's hope for, for a pretty solid season this year. Yeah. I just wonder if he's going to get to the point where obviously I think he'll be more disappointed than anybody if this upcoming season doesn't go like you think it should. I mean, obviously, like you said, he's doubled down multiple times on you know, the main contributors that are currently on the roster. Mm-hmm. And is he, I would maybe argue that he's just setting himself up for disappointment and thus ending up on a lot of fans' bad side. But, you know, I'm still, I still love him as a coach. I love him as a human. And I think he knows what he's doing. I do think that this class, though, is more of what we should have been expecting all along perhaps you know obviously that first recruiting class you basically just need to throw it out as far as rankings are concerned um this class right now is ranked like about like 25th or so depending on who you look at obviously it's not going to stay that way because uh, missouri's filled in their spots earlier than most other schools which is remarkable yeah (laughs) um but still, if you're looking at the 25 to 35 range, that's something we can live with and is something that we've always talked about. You know, Missouri is the type of program that's not going to always go get those marquee guys. You got to have developmental players that you can build around and then sprinkle in those four stars every once in a while. Yeah, I, I am a little bit afraid for the following season, though. Whatever happens this year. I'm a little afraid for two seasons, or I guess two seasons from now. Mm-hmm. These guys are going to be incoming freshmen. I think they're going to be certain players are going to be relied upon to come in and, and contribute right away. Probably Sean Dewar Gordon and uh, and Anton Brookshire. Probably both of those guys are going to be counted on quite a bit right away. I was about one of my questions. I was going to ask you is who you think is going 
maybe I'll tweak the question a little bit. Who, not who do you think is going to be relied upon more? Who do you think day one has the most to provide? I think Anton does. I, th- I think he's pretty polished and, um, I don't know. I, I think he's going to come in and uh, he's not going to be scoring like 15 points a game or anything. I don't think his freshman year, but I think he'll contribute. Um, I think he'll handle the ball quite a bit probably. And again, I think Jean Dewar Gordon can come in and, and uh, provide some solid minutes too. And in, in, probably in a much different way though. I don't yeah. think he's going to be scoring a lot right away, but um, I think he can really provide on the defensive end and get rebounds and that kind of stuff. I think he'll, he'll probably play a lot. I think maybe my answer to that would be Yaya in that he's going to provide something that's just not really going to be on the roster anywhere else. I mean, Jordan Wilmore is a massive human. Yeah. He's over seven feet tall. So, but Kita's two will start together. Not necessarily, but I think if Kita's your backup big or the other way around, potentially, I think he's going to just see a lot of playing time. And if he can reliably, if either one of those guys, he or Wilmore can reliably just finish easy buckets and um, clean up the rebounds and provide some rim protection. Obviously it seems like Wilmore should be better at all of those things because he's nearly six inches taller. Yeah. But I think Yayakita's athleticism and just strength for his size um, I think he'll be a little bit underrated in that regard. And I think if he is tenacious defensively, I think he'll win the heart of the coaching staff really quickly and then just earn minutes out of necessity. Yeah, he is an explosive athlete, that's for sure. Um, when it's all said and done, you think uh, – which of these five players do you think starts the most games in a, in the Mizzou uniform? Hmm, I gotta assess. I gotta assess the current depth at the positions they play. I mean, I, I'll probably Anton because I mean I feel like the guard position is gonna be a little bare whenever he's coming in. I think he has a pretty good chance to sh- to to start immediately. I mean, uh, Drew Smith, Drew Bugs. Yeah, they'll both probably be Penson. If Penson leaves early, he obviously will have that opportunity. If Penson leaves early, then it's Brookshire for sure. Oh yeah, and I could see them starting alongside each other, even if yes. Penson is still around. Yeah. Um, but I also think Sean Dura Gordon has a good chance, just with his versatility and um, he's known. It, it people are saying that his defensive abilities are what's going to translate to the next level the quickest. And obviously we know how much Conzo Martin likes that in a player. Yeah. So even if he's not contributing much offensively right off the bat, we've seen Conzo start Javon Pickett and Kobe Brown, who, you know, as freshmen were, in my opinion, in a little over their heads and we didn't want to be relying on them to play starter minutes, but he threw them out there and they did okay. Yeah. Um, for the most part so that's certainly the nature of this class i mean these guys are going to have to just be thrown into the fire mm-hmm. because there's going to be so little other options to turn to i think <laughs> unless yeah. we just have a huge haul of transfers or or something uh, we have or in pinson stays we have all of those things go our direction these guys are going to be counted on to contribute from day one probably most of them yeah yeah the only other thing uh that i want to say real quick about this class is that I feel like 
it's becoming clear to Conzo that he needs to just get the guys that are all in on what be here. Yeah. On what he's presenting. I think at least if I were him, I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. I would be done with any player who is not just completely all in day one. And if you have any, if you as the recruiter have any sense that this guy's all in, this guy's not, maybe this guy's mm, 50, 25 points higher in this rating system. Maybe he's just saying, I'll take the guy that's all in and um, give me a recruiting class full of guys who want to be Missouri Tigers and want to play for me and have those qualities that I value. I'll roll with those guys. Yeah, those kind of intangibles can really go a long way. And, I mean, we saw both of the Kickapoo guys committed within days of having their offer. I mean, that's yeah. a pretty good sign. They really respect Konzo, respect the brand of Mizzou, and, and that's a school that they long to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really, all these guys. I mean, we're really early in the recruiting cycle. Yeah, and nuts. we And all five of those guys have already made their commitment. I think that says a lot about, like you said, them wanting to be there. And I think that can go a surprisingly long way in, in the success of a team as you've got oh, a, yeah. a whole a very strong bond of players that want to be where they are. Players that it won't matter if they are getting starter minutes or, you know, red shirt. They will trust the process. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just like the, the 76ers did. <laughs> I, I saw a hilarious tweet that said the, the uh, 76ers successfully built two Eastern Conference Finals teams but neither one of them were the 76ers because they uh, allowed Boston to draft uh, Jason Tatum and uh, traded Jimmy Butler to the Miami Heat or, you know, botched their time with Jimmy Butler and he ended up being on the Heat. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, Kyle, one thing I wanted to bring up something funny from earlier when, uh, you t- you tweeted a reaction to Dave Matters' tweet saying that uh, when he announced that 12 players for Missouri were not going to uh, be playing week one against Alabama, I didn't see that. I have notifications on for whenever you tweet from the podcast account. So I just saw, I think you just said, oh my God. And I saw that and immediately my mind starts racing. And I want to put you on the spot here and see if you can think <laughs> my f- what first like my wheel started spinning really fast i'm thinking what could this be a reaction to and i want to know what you think popped into my head right off the bat when i saw that you were reacting that way to something uh you probably th- um thought there was an injury or something or a terrible injury i don't know probably thought jonte tours acl again <laughs> no I, I don't know something very specific popped into my head immediately when I saw it and I tried to think what could he be reacting to somebody got fired or something I thought Xavier Pinson transferred (laughs) can you imagine after everything we've been through he would do that to us that was just like the most readily available bad news that's hilarious that's funny that that's the thing you would I never would have thought of that on the tip of my brain I was just like oh no I was uh, I was actually standing in line at Subway (laughs) and uh there was like a bunch of just strange occurrences going on around me. There was like a uh, an employee and a 
customer like fighting about like their sandwich and like the guy next to me was like telling the lady to like move up in the line and i'm just standing there just like trying to like exist (laughs) and i saw that tweet and i was just like oh my god and i actually tweeted it and just almost instantly deleted it because i was just like well this isn't really adding any value so i was just like well this is that's a dumb tweet so i just pretty much instantly deleted it but i know that you had notifications on so i knew that you probably saw it and we're thinking, what was that about? Yeah, so I got like ding, 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 like three uh, tweets sent by you in pretty quick succession. Three of them? Yeah, because oh, okay. you, like that original one, and then you Oh, I wrote it. a new one, yeah. Yeah, and so, and then you replied to somebody else or something like that. Oh, okay. It doesn't really matter, but um, I was, it was like pretty quick. I thought maybe it was just some notification for something else, but then as soon as I saw it was you on Twitter, I was like, oh, no. And I saw that, and I was like, just immediately like, like what could it possibly be i think i was so surprised because just a few days ago we heard there was like three players i'm like i'm not worried about that like a couple days later 12 players like oh my god if we're going at this like (laughs) trajectory three days later 60 players yes exactly (laughs) if we're going at this rate but i am very sorry that i did that to you and anyone else that may have uh, post notifications on i'm very sorry (laughs) for giving you that heart attack um, but we're gonna get through this. Yeah, that that was much That's better. Funny. That was not nearly as bad as news as bad of news as I was expecting. Or like what raced through my brain really quick. Uh, I'm sorry for my drama. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle. Uh, switching gears back to football, SEC football. Missouri, they're playing. Missouri's playing. Playing Alabama week one. But I want to know your outlook for the season as a whole. And I just got two easy questions for you to answer. Two who, easy questions. Right, who right. do you think is going to win the SEC East? And who do you think is going to win the SEC West? Now, obviously, Georgia, been a powerhouse last four seasons. Been hard to compete with them under Kirby Smart. Florida's got Dan Mullen turning things around. <laughs> and uh, is there anybody else worth considering in the East? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I, I think Florida's going to win the East just because I think they're the most well-rounded team. I think Dan Mullen is capable enough. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he's like the greatest coach in the world or anything, but I think he's definitely a serious upgrade to what they've had in recent past. Yeah, um, I think he, I think he's Kyle Trask solid. is a very solid quarterback yeah. and they, I, they're just good everywhere. You know, they're, I don't know that they're necessarily like super elite anywhere like they their defense probably won't be as good as georgia's but i think that the rest of their team will be well balanced enough to to overtake georgia i i don't know what georgia's quarterback depth looks like and that right there alone can derail a successful team from being elite if they don't have good quarterback play and they usually always have amazing running backs so i'm sure they can just hand it off 100 times a game and they'll be fine but you're talking about georgia yes yeah. sorry but florida i i think that they have the the most well-rounded team. Uh, does it matter to you that Georgia hosts the Gators on November 7th? Maybe. Well, I don't know. Limited in-person attendance, which, uh, circling back to news real quick, did you see that Missouri's going to plans to have uh, like a around 1,000 thousand students yeah. in person? Be interesting. Um, but, yeah, I actually agree with you. I'm picking Florida to win the SEC East basically for all those reasons you gave been high in florida for a couple years now haven't you yeah even before you knew about kyle trask right yeah even when they had franks wow you silly goose (laughs) 
(laughs) You lucked into Kyle Trask. I won't argue with you too much there. But I were on brand about LSU too. Yeah, you were very right about that. I am a big believer in Dan Mullen. Actually, I think he was a really good coach at Mississippi State, and he kind of had a little bit of a homecoming returning to Florida, and uh, I think he'll be a good coach there for a very long time. It's unfortunate that two really good coaches went back to their alma mater in Florida and uh, Georgia, and they're just incredible coaches, and they're just going to be good for a long time and recruit well. And We tried it. didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's almost like – yeah, it's almost like what Missouri did with Barry Odom was not that similar to Kirby Smart being a defensive coordinator for uh, for Alabama for 10 years and Dan Mullen being a bowl-winning head coach at an SEC program before going to his alma mater. <laughs> hey, we, like, should, we should have like a two-part series about the Barry Odom era. <laughs> That's a good idea. Probably one of our most listened to episodes. <laughs> um. Yeah, you asked me about the West, didn't you? Yeah, that's, um, that's next on my list. Well, I actually don't think LSU is going to be uh, going to be up there this year. I mean, obviously they'll probably still beat Missouri, but um, I, I have you heard of Alabama? Is that, that? I, I guess I'll pick them. Yeah, how, I mean, how can you not? They don't, and they don't have any COVID positives, so they, <laughs> right. they never will. Yeah, because <laughs> they already did. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I saw a. Uh, I don't know how I saw this, but I, th- I saw like a fake email was sent to a college football reporter saying that the Alabama football players were getting together to have a COVID party. And this reporter was very interested and wanted to know sources, but it was all fake and kind of a joke (laughs) being played on the reporter. I kind of felt bad for him, but also he seemed really eager to uh, break the story. Yeah. Break news on that. Yeah. Alabama is going to be really good. And uh, I think they will actually be better if they turn to their freshman quarterback early now they may it may not make a much of a difference honestly i think they'll be fine either way but i think they could be yeah just unstoppable if they have a mobile quarterback who can make plays when things break down or just extend plays and find their athletic receivers because as good as those receivers are going to be about just getting open all the time whenever they want if he can buy them an extra second or two by just moving around a little bit, they'll just be unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And he won't really need to like scramble for 50 to 70 yards per game, which he could do if he wanted to, but he won't need to. He'll just need to buy a little bit of time. And one of these incredibly athletic first round NFL draft pick receivers will be able to make a play. They did lose a lot of talent in the wide receiver room. Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy. Yeah, and it's insane how Did well. They just reload. Well, they didn't even need to. They had, an, they, uh, I'm blanking on his name, but they had another receiver who could have been, you know, a top, he could have been one of the top 10 receivers in the NFL draft this past season, and he decided to stick around and dominate college football one more season. Yeah. And of course, Najee Harris at running back. Yeah. Uh, so in a potential Florida versus Alabama SEC title game, who do you like? I have no idea. I guess Bama. Yeah, that makes sense <laughs> to me. <laughs> I thought you were about to scold me for like not for not coming up with a uh, conv- convicted answer. No, 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 no. Um, okay, well, Cameron, I have an easy question for you. Yeah, let's hear it. Who's worse, Vanderbilt or Arkansas? 
Arkansas. Really? Oh yeah. I think they're worse than Vanderbilt. Yes. I love it. That's a, yeah. I don't know that's if a little agree. bit of that's a little bit of bias. Oh, okay. I I have nothing personally against Vanderbilt, and anchor down. Yeah. I would be rooting. I would be rooting for, for Vanderbilt one hundred percent. Yes. In that head-to-head matchup. Yeah, I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Which I haven't even really looked. I, I was going to go through and pick every game of the century. Uh, SEC, uh, all, the game of the century, and then which would not be Arkansas versus Vanderbilt. <laughs> well. In, in one way could be a really good game bad but good <laughs> that makes zero sense <laughs> that didn't make zero sense though you said yeah uh but then the schedules all got topsy-turvy that's true when we added two games and i don't know who's playing who no idea <laughs> it's almost around robin yeah like is arkansas playing vanderbilt this year i, I have no I idea <laughs> probably not because that that doesn't make sense for the two worst teams to play each other from opposite divisions Producer camera might find out for us. Good man, but yeah, I uh, I think I think Vanderbilt would win that game okay. easily. One more question for you: What game on Mizzou's schedule are you most excited for? South Carolina. I think that's the point in the schedule where we're going to really start to know a lot about this roster, assuming we're not losing a dozen players a week. That's what co- like COVID. eight games in, so I certainly hope so. That is definitely like probably the most even. Is it that matched. far in? I'm pretty sure it's like, oh. well, I don't know. It's like the seventh or something, seventh or eighth game. Eight. Wow. Um, so yeah, we better know. We'll know a lot point. by then. <laughs> uh, I definitely do think that's probably the, one of Missouri's most like evenly matched games. So that'll, that's that's just like a, a game What's you want to. What's game Vanderbilt. Four? Vanderbilt. What's game five? Kentucky. Florida. Then Kentucky. I don't know the schedule. We already went through the schedule. schedule. We already previewed it. (laughs) Like last week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. I think something about the Missouri-South Carolina matchup the last few seasons has been special. And I think there's a a budding rivalry there, if not full-blown, and uh, much more so than Arkansas. That's a forced, fake nonsense. I don't like them, but if you want a real rival – the Battle of the Columbias is where it's at. Interesting. All right. That's yeah. a little bit of a hot take, but... I'll stand by it. Okay. <laughs> Kyle, I don't think I have anything else to add. Yeah. I, I got we... my easy questions out there. Florida and Alabama, we just had to agree on everything. Yep. Hey, next week, going to preview... Ar- Ar- not Arkansas. We're going to preview Alabama. Jeez, you don't know the schedule either. I That's don't the either. last game of the season. And we're g- yeah. I hey, do good know job. That. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um... <laughs> We're going to pray that Missouri's going to play against Alabama. Live. Live. On air. We're on pray. air. And we're going to yeah, we're going to uh, preview Alabama, yep. even though I think we pretty much already have two different times. No. No, we haven't. But I we're have going to do a lot a deep more to dive. say about Alabama. All right. Okay, everyone. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or on Twitter and Instagram at Missouri Sports Pod. And you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week. If you want a T-shirt, you want stickers, um, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Cartel. Yeah, watch out. Oh, God. It's it's a good place. Don't worry. Yeah, it's a good place. We'll see you next week. After a while. We'll put that in the, in the intro next time.